Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Well, welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Bryn Starnes and Chris Legg. Guys, we're busting back into the uh, into the podcast sphere. We've been we've been dry here for a little bit, <laughs> but we're we're posting this around Christmas time uh, because we're still here. We're still creating content, and we're going to get that out uh, as soon as possible. But that being yes. said, I'm excited about right now. Uh, we've been recording some. Um, some uh, apparent contradictions podcasts. And so I think this one uh, will probably go back and explain this in other episodes, but I want to kind of bust in because this one is really topical and cool. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some, some interesting, uh, just interesting thoughts here. So uh, we have Bryn, obviously we've got Chris. And so I'm going to kick it over to you, Chris. Okay. And just to kind of highlight what, what are we talking about here? Cause one, we've been talking about like, okay, what can you do like just a quick rehashing of why we do these contradictions and then jump into what we're doing today? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so we've heard from several people um, over the time we've been doing this. And I think probably each of us outside of that, um, one of the things that people, when people talk about walking away from their faith, one of the answers uh, they deconstruct their faith, one of the answers, and it was one of our early on, as we started the podcast, a young man was um, uh, really, this stood out to me. Um, his mom had sent him to us and said, okay, you need to listen to podcasts and talk with them. And he had been in college and had stopped. He'd walked away from his faith and, or at least was walking away. And, and when I talked with him and said, so what is it that, you know, has motivated this? And he, he said, well, I've got a class, a Bible class in school. And the professor pointed out all these contradictions um, that are in the Bible. And I was like, oh, okay, well, fair enough. Let's discuss those. What, what contradictions do you have in mind? And he was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's just a bunch of them. (laughs) And I was like, okay, okay, good. But, but like, so what was the, let's just pick one then and discuss it. What was the, what was the one that pushed you over the line that you were like, uh, I think I'm still with it, but then it's like, "Mm, no, okay, no, I'm done. And he's like, well, I, I don't know that there was one. It was more just the, the mass of them. It was more the, you know, just that there's so many of them. And, and so it's like, um, okay. So again, so it just sounds like you don't want to do any work. Well, it, what it turned out was he couldn't name a, even like a single one, but in his mind, there was this huge, like mass of contradictions and so, and so, you know, people do that. They type in biblical contradictions and they go to the, you know, web page that allegedly has contradictions. And it's like, the God, there's like 40 hundreds pages of them. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. so many. It's, there's, yeah. it's, and, and they don't ever stop and look at them. And so early on, we talked about someday we, we wanted to just, you know, have some mm-hmm. fun and, uh, and if not poking fun, because we want to take obviously seriously, and we right. have, as we've discussed, the very real question of contradictions and the very real importance of contradictions, um, and and what does that even mean, and what are they perceived as, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we've wanted to just 
Anyway, yeah. And dive then, into and we them. do. We He's also want to say that Chris changed that young man's life that day. Not even a little. <laughs> so no, he. But in the end, he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I still just feel like, like maybe there's just too many." I'm like, "I, I would. Mm. I'd love to. If you could find one, I'd love to unpack it with you." But I, I can't talk about that. There are so many in this amorphous kind of like. You know, I don't know, just a bunch. And, and mm-hmm. so what happened was it's like he's got scales. And I mean, it's not scales over his eyes. I mean, like not like a fish scales, but yeah. scales like like balancing scales. And on one side of the ledger, he's got all he's grown up in and all that kind of stuff and, and the faith he grew up with. And on the other side, it was it was all. Yeah, we're good. This is what I believe. This is what I had. This is what my youth ministers taught. This is what my parents, I guess, well or poorly lived out. I'm not going into that, but. And then this professor dumped all of these massively powerful and heavy contradictions on the opposite side of the scales, which now outweighs it. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. well, let's pull those contra- let's, let's Let's evaluate both sides. Let's evaluate the data that you had on one side. That's what we talk about, healthy deconstruction and then reconstruction. And let's do the same thing with the other side. And it was weird. It was like, no, there's just this big, heavy bag on the other side, and I can't even open it and look in it. I don't, I don't know that I really want to. And, you know, I don't, I don't even know what's in the bag. I just know there's a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And his professor mm-hmm. had gone through, Which, a, he said several dozen of them, but they never really just, you know, they went through them and he's like, there was just so many, they went so fast. So what are you mm-hmm. saying, Brim? Which, well, I was just saying, just as a side note, I feel like this is a really good reminder for all of us anyway, that, that people always do that though. Like people always quote, stats and um, lists and facts to support their side. And I think regardless of what area of life it is, we always have to remember that like, that's what people do. Like people always quote stuff. That doesn't mean that because they even have a stat, you know, or like a statistic of any kind or a list of some kind or know how to describe something well, that like doesn't bear, have a bearing on truth. Um, but then that goes to the other side also of like, we need to know what we're talking about and not just like quote things we've heard. Um, because you know, that's, um, we have to look at that wisely, but also understand like when we're talking to other people, like that's, that's not helping them have a good foundation for truth either. Right. And yeah, what's the, what's the old dad joke that you know, 94% of all statistics, statistics are, are made, made up, up on the spot. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, um, uh, of all people that know dad jokes, it would probably be n- <laughs> Chris, not Chris me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chris M. Legwood. Yeah, I, I know. I know lots of the dad jokes. That's really good. You're like, what's um, that dad joke? I, I don't, I don't have a long <laughs> list of those at my disposal. So we were going through, um, just some apparent deconstruct or not deconstruct, excuse me. Contradictions. Contradictions. Yep. Uh, right yep. before we were recording, mm-hmm. um, and the the idea was uh, put simply the discrepancies in the gene- genealogies of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we're kind of thinking this, about it, because we're recording around Christmas time, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, I, for one, didn't really like. I haven't studied it super closely, so I wasn't super aware of any anything. But like, you know. Chris, Chris's initial thing was like, oh yeah, there's stuff there. And then (laughs) Brent and I like just did, you know, some quick research and it's like, whoa, okay. There's like a decent amount of stuff here and decent amount of theories and hypotheses. And so I think it would be worth uh, our time to just kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I think it would do. Cause I've seen this one. This one shows up 
regularly as a major problem. So this this isn't, you know, two different prophets in the deep Old Testament, you know, one saying, you know, God doesn't ever sleep. And then the other one saying, you know, so that it's something like God resting and like, oh, oh, see, contradict. Like, no, I mean, this is we only have four Gospels and this is two of them. And these are the two that really go into the childhood of Jesus. Right. And each of them offers up a genealogy that that starts um, at somewhere and ends with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they aren't the same. Right. And so though it's, you know, as one of the websites says, it's not always the most scintillating reading to do. Um, let's get, uh, let's get, (laughs) um, yeah, exactly. So if one of you guys, maybe, maybe Colson, maybe you get the Matthew chapter one and read down through six, one, one through six. I can do it. Okay. Should I do it now? Yeah, go for it. Here we go. Doing my best to, this is the very beginning of Matthew. Yes. Line one, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac, the father of Jacob and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez, the father of Hezron and Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram, the father of Aminadab and Aminadab, the father of Nashon and Nashon, the father of Salmon and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Okay. Good. Now, this is what's going to be challenging. So, one of the many things that is going to be challenging about this. So, Matthew starts with Abraham. Mm -hmm. Luke's genealogy is told in reverse. Starts from Jesus. Luke's genealogy starts with Jesus. So... Mm -hmm. If we compare them, and on top of that, he therefore ends, so to speak, with God um, in verse 38. Mm-hmm. So as we go through it, if you could, Bryn, I, I thought about telling Bryn, like, I want you to start in verse 38 and work go your way backwards. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Bryn. But, but I think yeah, that's unfair. Yeah, just with no preparation whatsoever. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so... What do you mean, um, no preparation? We've been prepping this for weeks. So because what we have in Matthew I haven't practiced is, all these names, Colson. <laughs> that's right. right. So-and-so is the father of so-and-so, right? Mm-hmm. But in Luke, we have so-and-so is the son of so-and-so. So it's it's told backwards, which, again, if it wasn't complicated enough, does that. I don't um, even think I can do the alphabet backwards, much less so, <laughs> read this backwards. Here. So you ready? Verse? Here we go. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm actually going to try okay. to do this backwards. Are you in Luke? I am in Luke chapter three. And so I want Colson, you be looking in, go back over to Matthew and look in Matthew. Mm -hmm. And when I catch up to Abraham, start following and see if you see any differences. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to do it backwards. Starting in verse 38, God, the father of Adam, Adam, the father of Seth, Seth, the, the father of Enos, Enos, the father of Canaan, Canaan, the father of Mahalalel, uh, Mahalalel, the father of Jared, the father of Enoch, the father of Methuselah, the father of Lamech, the father of Noah, the father of Shem, the father of Arphaxad, the father of another Canaan, the father of Shelah, 
the father of Eber, the father of Peleg, the father of Ru, the father of Sherug, the father of Nahor, the father of Terah. Now here we go. Ready? The father of Abraham, the father of Isaac, the father of Jacob, the father of Judah, the father of Perez, the father of Abinadab, no, sorry, father of Hezron, the father of Arni, the father of Admin, the father of Abinadab, the father of Nashon, the father of Salah, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So already we see like four or five differences. The order they're told. Yeah. The organization mm-hmm. of the structure. But then what were some of the differences that you saw um, in the actual names? Well, I mean, Perez is, is in Matthew, but also Zara is mentioned and Tamar is mentioned. Right. Hezron is there. Arni is not in the other one. Admin yep. is not there. I'm just kind of working my yeah. way back. Uh, Aminadab is there. There's like uh, more Z- in between Perez each. Zara came from There's Ram. Right there, more names there's, listed. Yeah. Hezron. After Hezron, there's a Ram, and that's not in that one. Or then there's no Admin. Or Arnie, but there's a Minadab. Yep. Okay. This is Man. intriguing. So, is it? Got, so yeah. there's a bunch more in Luke yes. than there is in yes. Matthew. And we go all the way back to Adam. Yeah, and we go all the way back to Adam, not just to Abraham. But so so for Matthew, it's important, obviously, to start with Abraham. Mm-hmm. So why would that be? Why is it important to start Jesus' lineage with Abraham? Probably to establish that he is a Jew. There you go. So that's pretty important, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And and one author points out no one ever in the in the gospels or outside of the gospels questions whether Jesus is a Jew. Mm-hmm. His lineage from from Abraham is never questioned. Okay. Okay, so that's good. But so why are there more? So look down, if you will, back in Matthew one, in Matthew one seventeen. Could you read that to us? Sure. Matthew one seventeen says this. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon to, to the Christ, 14 generations. Okay. The problem is that's not technically right. Oh, and Matthew knows that Matthew doesn't, Matthew's not that unaware of Hebrew old, old Testament. I mean, the, the, the scriptures are very clear. Luke is actually citing from the Genesis account. Yeah. We know from the Genesis account what the list is. Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Perez, Hezron, Ram, Abinadab, Nashon, Salmon, Boaz, Obed, Jesse. Like that's, that's there. We yeah. can and all see his it audience would have had that. Yeah. And everyone in his audience would have that. Every Jew would know that. And so what's the, so sin- by, why- by when you say it's not technically right, you mean not literal? Not what or- I mean is, yeah. What I mean is it is more than 14 generations from between those. So the generations from Abraham to David are not 14 generations um, from David to uh, Babylon. So th- there's there's a different number in that. OK, so are, so one, we, why would he do that? Because my thought is, what is he what is he saying? OK, in saying 14. Good. What do you think? What are some ideas? What are what might he be saying? Any, any guesses or any of the stuff y'all look at give you any hints? And by the way, 
we have a very difficult time knowing for sure because we're not Hebrew. Right. That's what I was going to say. Um, it's, I mean, I w- my question would be, are they measuring generations by like a group of family members instead of just one? Like we would say generation, meaning like my generation, my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation. But are they saying like generation is measured by multiple of those at a time? I don't know. That's my first question. But that okay, may be that, totally is a poss- that is a very real possibility that that here... Matthew is emphasizing the, Mm -hmm. if I may, the important ones. Okay. And saying there's 14 important ones in between them. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which again, which certainly makes sense. They also, anytime you have a seven, seven is the Hebrew concept for completion. Mm -hmm. And so you have this double completion of 14. The letters for 14 are DVD. Um, the, the way you would do that from each of these generations so that you end up with David. Um, they, you work some numerology there and you get the name David from that, um, which is obviously very important because he wants us to know, Matthew wants us to know two things of very, of significance that Jesus, and he tells us that in verse one, what did he tell us in verse one? What was important about this? That Jesus is the son of two people, Abraham and David. Abraham and David. Yes. <clears throat> So all that Matthew does is he shows there's a direct line from Abraham to David and from David to Jesus. The fact that he leaves names out don't seem to be a big deal to him. And in fact, Mm -hmm. he runs the numbers in such a way that they make it 14 significant people between there. So that's one possibility is why even internally does Matthew, Matthew is the only genealogy we have, we would have this problem. And for Jesus is that we would go, wait, but Matthew's saying 14 generations, but that's not what the Hebrew scriptures tell us. And clearly Matthew would know that. So mm, it's not like a deception he's trying to pull. <laughs> yeah, he's not trick. He's not trying to trick anybody, nor is he ignorant of this. So right. if those aren't his two motivations, there must be some poetic meaning or some meaning that he's trying to assign here. Now, sadly, we have somewhat lost it. Either it is there are these key people or, or there is something else about that, that we're, we're going to get down to some more details here in a second, but, or that this special number of seven, 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 like that's, that's pretty important. So that there are these six sevens yes. um, that are put together, but to, from the, from Abraham to Jesus. And so a seventh seven would be a completion Remember then the, so the 49th year is the year of Jubilee. Right. And many people believe that the point Matthew's making is Jesus was the last, was the beginning of the seventh seven. Um, So you have six sevens before him from Abraham to him and the seventh seven, meaning that there were these generations of God's doing things and starting things and building to things. And then Jesus was the beginning of the last thing God was doing on earth, the completion of Mm. the completion. That is absolutely the way Jewish people would think and were thinking at this time. Um, If you again, if you want to unpack the meaning of some of these numbers, you can look to the Bible project um, podcasts and materials. They do really, really, there are lots of people who do this and they can be overdone. Numerology type stuff can be way overdone. You have to be careful Mm. with it. Um, But this is an example where I don't think anyone thinks Matthew either like, oops, you know, left a few right. out or is like, oh, no one will ever spot this. 
right. if I just put this in, mm-hmm. which leaves us with Matthew did this on purpose to put this. <clears throat> Interesting. And, and he's trying to tell us, one, these are the important people, and did Jesus is the lineage of Abraham and and David. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the general list, the, the, the direction of the list is the same in Luke and Matthew, even though Luke includes much more people. And there's a couple of people left out in either one, but mm-hmm. that's the general message. Good. I don't know if that's satisfactory to people or not. Um, but that is, I, I think the, uh, the, we don't necessarily have the right for sure, the right interpretation, yeah. like with absolute certainty. But I think we can cross off error or deception mm-hmm. as correct interpretations. Um, mm-hmm. Because Matthew would know he's not fooling anybody. Yeah. And there's no way Matthew could have. So the idea would be that Matthew knew these names off the top of his head, but then didn't go look for the others does not make any sense either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matthew more was a tax collector, right? Yes. So Matthew so would... He- he most likely would have been a precise person in general. <laughs> yes. Even if he would not have been a Hebrew scholar, meaning he may not have been raised because tax collectors were, you know, kind right. of collaborators. He may not have been a very strong Jew at the time. We don't know that, by the way. He may have been a very strong Jew who just got paid enough to give up on it um, or something else. But anyway, whatever the whatever Matthew's background is... Um, we don't know for sure, but again, it's not something that, that he would have been just, again, either deceived by or deceiving others by. So okay. that's one crisis. Hopefully, I think, I think I, for me, that Phew, is, well, makes you total solved sense. it for me. Chris. That's exactly Thank right. You. Crisis right, averted. So um, wait, but ahead. to clarify, so the, the piece that we still don't know, though, is like why he says 14 generations. And why like he leaves he out means, the names he leaves out. Yeah, like Which is what clearly he means to make by 14, it mean 14. Right. We're not sure. But listen, it is a, we aren't sure, but the six sevens ending at Jesus. So six meaning the number of man, seven meaning the number of completion is that when to, to have Jesus end up being the man starting the completion from Abraham mm-hmm. is not subtle. Um, that's, Mm -hmm. that's clearly what Matthew's doing for him, by the way. And Matthew's is targeted at a Jewish audience. Um, and so no one, again, no one would have been fooled. Um, no one would have, they would have asked the question that go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, wouldn't that seem like I, that I could see how that would be a problem for people of saying, oh, so he's manipulating the numbers to be the perfect number for a Jewish audience to make Jesus seem even more perfect in his lineage. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like um, he's, he's yeah. manipulating the 7714 and like, I don't know. Uh, uh, 100%. I, I, I would agree with that it, as, as a Jew. It is not, it's not considered deceptive probably in any way since they all know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that and they, they counted generations differently. That's probably also true. Yes. Um, but here, I think, I think the answer to our riddle is he is changing the name. He, he is leaving out names to make it add up to what he wants it to add up to, to mm-hmm. prove his point, which is why it's at the end. 
Mm-hmm. So again, imagine you're a Jewish uh, a reader and you're reading this and you're going down through and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you left, you left people out. Mm-hmm. You get down to David, you're like, well, you, wait, you left out admin. I mean, who can forget his name, right? <laughs> um, but like you left out admin and you left out, what, what do you do in Matthew? What it, okay, David, wait, you're leaving out more people. You left out, oh my gosh, look at all these people you're leaving out. And you get down to the bottom and he says, uh, notice that what I've done is I've imposed six sevens with starting the seventh seven. And you would go, oh, you're telling me Jesus is the fulfillment of the oh, I see. man, yeah. the prophecy of man. And the sure enough, the next verse, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. So you're telling mm. me who Jesus is with the way you did the lineages. Oh, interesting. He's the son of David. Mm-hmm. He's the son of Abraham. And he is the beginning of the seventh seven. Hmm. And that would be just a way of him telling them something in a, that, that a Hebrew listener reader would go, Oh, that's the point you're making. That's why you did that. I get it. I get it. Now I see what you hmm. did there. So it's like a literary device. Kind Absolutely. Of thing, yep. To, to get people thinking that I, makes sense. I think hmm. that's exactly what okay. he's doing there. So that again, really that's tough on us because, you know, like I remember years ago having an atheist go, Jesus never claimed to be God. I mean, going, what do you, what do you mean he never claimed to be God? And they're like, well, go read the gospels. Jesus never says, I am God. Like I he never God. said yeah. anything in English. Like, yeah, true. Like yeah. there's nothing he ever said in it, it, whatever he said, he said it in Aramaic or Hebrew or, or one of the, you know, maybe Latin, you know, whatever Latin, Roman Latin and, or Greek. I mean, I don't, what, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, but okay. But he didn't say that in his language. I'm like, Oh yes, he did. For mm-hmm. Hebrew to say before Abraham was, I am. That is yeah. way more clearly claiming to be God than saying I am God would be, but mm-hmm. not to an American. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example of, this is an example of that. We read this and we're like, uh, why did you do that? And we don't have the same instincts. So it's a little tougher. Yeah. Um, but it always is clear to me what's what's interesting to me and tough um, for me to wrap my brain around is is when I look at the other options. So the other option is he's being deceptive. No, he's not. But he would he would have fooled nobody if he was trying to be deceptive. No one would buy it. Hmm. Or two, he's just wrong. He's like, I just thought this was all there was. <laughs> um, no, and my only do was like roll the scroll back a little bit and and see that that's not all oh. there was. Oh, look, there's others. Look, it doesn't add up to 14. Oh, but yeah, but it doesn't add up to 14. You know what? No one knows who that admin guy was. I can leave him out in order to get to 14. <laughs> um, okay. So we don't like it, but that's probably a correct way of understanding it. Yeah. But here's what's wild. That's not the hard part. We're not at oh, the hard great. part of the controversy. <laughs> oh. <yet>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This gets, this gets challenging. Um. Okay, now let's really get let's get into it and let's do it. Um, if you will, Mr. Colson, I'm here. Let's pick up there and go from David. So that's part way yeah. through verse six. Yeah. Um, and let's go down to um through twelve. Yeah, I'd say through twelve. Let's get to Zerubbabel. Okay. So Matthew chapter one, picking up halfway through verse six. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. 
and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. Verse 12, And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. Okay. Um, okay, you ready for the backwards read? We try it again? Let's try it again. So I'm going to start in verse 31 with David and work my way backwards to verse 27 from Luke chapter 3. Yes. Um, and you can go ahead and be considering why the genealogy starts in Matthew 1, but not until Luke 3. Mm. That's okay. for you to think about, Brent. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm, fo- I'm following the lineage, Brent, you think about that. Okay. Nathan, the father of David, the father of Nathan, the father of Mattatha, the father of Minna, the father of Melia, the father of Eliakim, the father of Jonam, the father of Joseph, the father of Judah, the father of Simeon, the father of Levi, the father of Matthew. You gave up, didn't you? I'm lost. The father of Joram, the father <laughs> ah. of Eliazar, the father of Joshua, the father of Ur, the oh. father of Elmadam, the father of Kosam, the father of Adi, the father of Melki, the father of Neri, the father of Shealtiel, the ah. father of Zerubbabel. Wow. I found I found a few. There were only a few that are that link, right? Wow, that was far far fewer the same. Yes, this is like so, the Where's Waldo of um, Jewish genealogy. Oh, Brayden, you're not supposed to be thinking about this. You're supposed to <laughs> sorry, be sorry. About the difference. But no, you're exactly right. So, and I'm like, wait, what did he say? So David's which which through which of David's sons is do we do in Luke Solomon? Okay. And which one in Matthew? Nathan. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so we just totally diverged. Bam. Wow. Immediately into two totally different. So the fact that we have names that match, those aren't necessarily the same people, though they may be. So Sheltiel um, having Zerubbabel. Yeah. So it maybe there's an overlap there, but more likely what you're dealing with now is two totally different lineages. That's the rest of my brain seeping out of my ears. <laughs> and and here's the problem, it doesn't get better. These are two totally different lineages. So if you want to pick up at at one Zerubbabel, okay. Um and you're in which one? I'm in Matthew. You're in Matthew. Chapter Start with 13. that Zerubbabel. Okay. Here okay. we go. So Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, and Abiad the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor. And the Azor, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Akim, and Akim, the father of Eliad, and Eliad, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Mathan, and Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Okay. Easy. So that was the Matthew one. That's the Matthew one. Okay. Here we go. So Matthew starts with Solomon. Matthew starts with Solomon of Uriah. Luke starts with David. I mean, Luke starts with Nathan. Correct. Okay. So it's important to, to recognize, wow, this genealogy that I've got 
printed here actually has them reversed. It has Chris's eyes are rolling back into his skull right now. You're so helpful. Somebody did a very well done genealogy, except oops, one is in. He's got the wrong one for Luke and the wrong one for Matthew. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so if you're not following on along in uh, in uh, Podcastville, yeah, exactly. You gotta be man. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay. So let's start with this Zerubbabel. Got it. Zerubbabel is the father. And I mean, I'm in Luke three now. Zerubbabel, the father of Resa, (laughs) Resa, Joanan, then Joda, Josek, Seman, Mattathias, Maath, Nagai, Esli, Nahum, Amos, Mattathias again, Joseph, Janai, Melchi, Levi, Matat, Heli, Joseph. Next phrase, the phrase before that. So let me read this first bit in order. Jesus, when he began, starting verse 23, Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years old, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph. Mm-hmm. As was supposed. Yep. The son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, etc. Makes sense? So the, the only one that's like somewhat close is Mathan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is Mathat. <laughs> but then there's actually two, there's a person in between that and Joseph. So you said Mathat, and mm-hmm. what? And who was that after that? Uh, after Mathat or Mathat? Mathat, got a Mattathiah. Oh, Mathat, the son of Mathat, um, the son of he. So the next one is Heli. Okay, going and towards then, Joseph, and then Jacob, right? Nope. Okay, so I have Jacob. Mm-hmm. So Mathan. Or Mathan. Right. So the father... Not Nathan. Mathan. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. So so they're totally different. The names that overlap are just overlapping names. So it'd be just like if you went back in my lineage and you were like, my father was Michael. And somebody in the room was like, oh, my father was Michael. Are we brothers? Like, no. It just means you also had a father named Michael. Right? Oh. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> So these are almost certainly totally different lineages. Why? I just want to say, side yeah. note, I'm really thankful that y'all are reading all these names and not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we've been studying this for years. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, sorry, but you were saying two so different the, lineages. The real problem here is that you have two gospels that each list a lineage and they they aren't even necessarily the same, though clearly they are telling the same lineage from yeah. Abraham to David. Luke goes all the way back to Adam. Matthew doesn't. Um, but they're clearly telling the same lineage, even though Matthew's leaving names out. It's clearly the same lineage between David. Abraham and David. Yeah. Starting with David, huh? two different sons, <laughs> and the entire rest of the lineage is different all the way to Jesus. And... And these are the only two Gospels we have that have lineages. And the listener says, why? Why? But isn't why it would a they common... Oh, sorry, go for it. Well, I was saying, isn't it a common explanation that they are... Maybe I'm jumping ahead. Go right. for it, Bryn. Go for it. Go for it, Bryn. Isn't it a common explanation to say that they're tracking Mary's lineage and Joseph's? Okay. That's one of the things we're going to... One of the theories we're going to put out here, right? So... Um, a few differences between them. We get several women in Matthew's accounts, which yes. is kind of uh, cool. He mentions some of those key women, which again, remember Matthew's all about emphasizing the key people. 
Yes. And he shows that even by listing, because this is not merely a genealogy. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a teaching tool that Matthew is using. Mm-hmm. The genealogy is a teaching tool. Right. So he includes these key women. He especially includes non-Jewish people mm-hmm. in the lineage. That's that's important to Matthew. Um, and it is key that that no one, we never see anyone in Scripture or any other time, attack Jesus' genealogy from Abraham or David. So both of those, like, we can kind of like put a bow on the fact okay. that Jesus was okay. uh, a descendant from Abraham and David. Now, let's create the challenge. And this challenge is not just a Hebrew challenge. This is a challenge that, that we could deal with today. I am, for example, the father of five children. Two of them are not my biological children. So if I did, my, for example, my son Michael's lineage, what should I do? Do I say, Michael, the son of Chris, the son of Michael, the son of Holland, the son of etc. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, that's not his, that is his legal inheritance. Right. But that's, but that's not, not his, his biological inheritance. Yes. And so in America, there are several ways why somebody could have two totally different genealogies. And that's not weird. Adoption mm-hmm. is the, probably the most common one. In the Hebrew law, there's several more ways. For example, the Leverite laws. So if that, that have to do with descendants with if I so if if my wife and I are married and I die before she has a child um, and my brother marries her, which can be encouraged even biblically. Now, that's a whole other conversation we talked about, I think, under sexism. Um, and scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be really hard because you actually don't have a brother. And, well, yeah, it'd be extra tough Sorry, for me because I don't have a brother. But yes, if that were the case, then if my brother had a child with my wife, that wi- that child is now legally my descendant, not his descendant. Oh my gosh. Though it is biologically Whoa. still his descendant, right? Mm-hmm. So there are several ways that you can get two totally different lineages. But that far back, so yeah. like right after David. Well, no, because the lineage difference could happen at any point. Right, right, right. As long as they both trace back to David. Oh, okay, I get you. So get you. it would be, it would probably actually be because we have two different dads listed for Joseph. Yeah. That one possibility is that you have Joseph has a biological father and a legal father, and they're not the same person. So he is the inheritor mm-hmm. of one person, like through Leverite law, or mm-hmm. or Joseph was adopted, or any number of different things. And that would certainly answer the question. And in fact, that is what a very early Christian, um, one of the early Christian fathers, that was his belief about this, mm. is that these represent two different lineages that Joseph's mother mm. um, had actually been widowed, childless. Now, you can hear the weirdness in that had been widowed childless, then married her ex, her, her ex husband's, her late husband's brother. And so this creates two different potential lineages. Now it shouldn't Hmm. be a totally different lineage. It shouldn't be maybe that much because then he's got to somehow be related. Like you've got to have some different things going on here, but you would have have the same dad. Yeah. Because they would still then maybe have the same dad, but, but Hmm. so you've got this, um, this format created where the Leverite law, she married a second man, she, she, whatever that, or adopted Joseph or something like there's lots of ways in the Hebrew teaching or in Hebrew law where a person could have a different biological father 
than their genetic father. And that that's what's being described here. Wow. So there you go. That would be one. That's really interesting. As, as, a, as a very real possibility. Now, here's a weird one. In Luke, they are, it is missing the, uh, an article before his name, um, Mary's here. So Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph. So here you have the, the, he, the Greek language is a little bit different. And so Joseph is clearly not being listed here as necessarily Jesus's father. Well, because in Luke, or in chapter three, what have we already learned from chapters one and chapter two in right. Luke? We've, we've learned that he was born of a virgin. Right. So Jesus is not Joseph's biological child. Yes. Though he might have been Joseph's legal <clears throat> child. Wow. Yeah. He's essentially an adopted child. And so you've got this research done. Luke is sitting, probably getting all this information, as we talked about in some recent sermons. So Luke was not an eyewitness. He was not there. He's a researcher. And that's what he says at the beginning of Luke. He's going to do research. That's where we get Luke and Acts, right, are written by Luke, who's a researcher. So who is he sitting with, probably, while he's getting all this information? Well, I thought it was Mary. Mary. Mm-hmm. So one very real possibility is that Luke, who has already established several times that Jesus is not Joseph's son, <clears throat> that what Ju- Luke is doing is giving what you said a minute ago, Bryn, Mary's lineage. Um, so we, we run into a little bit of an issue as well. See if I can find it real quick. Um, which of them have... Um, Jaconia, J-E-C-O-N-I-A, as one of the descendants of David. I think it's in Matthew. I think it's in Matthew as well. Mm. Um, so, Brent, if you will, could you look up Jeremiah 22, 30? Mm-hmm. And read what you find there. 22. And here's me hoping it's what I uh, what it should be. I've got the right <laughs> verse. My page refreshes. Jeremiah right. 22, 30. 30. So this is the prophet Jeremiah writing a prophecy. Thus says the Lord, write this man down as childless, a man who shall not succeed in his days for none of his offspring offsprings shall succeed in sitting on the throne of David and ruling again in Judah. Does it say who is that, that person one? is? Mm, Maybe the verse before verse, or something. Like 30, 29. Uh, 28 says, is this man Coniah despised broken pot, a vessel no one cares for? Why are he and his children hurled and cast into a land they do not know? Okay. So many people think that that is Jeconiah um, in that passage. Who has a descendant according to (coughs) Matthew. And so even in Jeremiah, it says his descendants shall not sit on the throne. Hmm. So it may be important that this is the father, this is the descendant of Joseph, not the dis, not a, a, a progenitor of Joseph, not a progenitor of Mary. <coughs> because Jesus would not have inherited the curse, the prophecy against Jeconia, because he was not literally a descendant of him. He is a potentially legal descendant of him, but not part of this 
prophecy against him. So once again, what we're left with is, and again, Matthew would have probably been aware of that, um, of that as well, but he listed it there because these are Joseph's descendants. And generally speaking, the answer that, that <coughs> people come to is either you have two, a legal lineage of Joseph or a, and a biological lineage of Joseph, or most commonly what people think is you just have one is the actual lineage of Mary because that's, and that's Luke um, because the belief was that the father of Mary was named Eli. And so if that's the case where it says Jesus allegedly being the son of Joseph had a father. So the word there is not clearly that this is a son, that it's like Jesus is the descendant. And by the way, begat, um, the King James says begat, 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 the son of. That actually just means descendant of. That Greek verb there, or the Greek uh, word there, does not have to mean it's son more, of. It means like descendant of. It's more ambiguous. Then. Right. In Matthew, it's it's exactly right. It is ambiguous in Matthew. Mm. So, man, I know there's a lot to that, and people go, gosh, it should just shouldn't be that much work. Yeah. But again, we just don't want it to be that much work. Right. The Clearly, Matthew, who would have seen copies of Luke, and Luke, who would have seen copies of Matthew, and John, who cites both of them, so saw both of them. Notice John felt no need to go, hey, throw out Matthew's lineage. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is he mm-hmm. doing? That's just ridiculous. So the original authors understood it. So this, so I got to, I got to share something. I'm going to, I may mention this in the, you know, Colson, you know, I can talk about this for the uh, Christmas Eve when we do the reading from Luke two. Here's something that stood out to me as I was preparing for this last week's sermon. Um, again, let's look at our other options. The other options are that Luke and Matthew violently, you know, that they disagreed about his lineage, that they had done research and they'd come to two different conclusions and they, and one of them is in error and no one in the early church corrected it. No one, no one said Matthew's an error or Luke's an error. Um, no, what John doesn't mention it in his stuff, any of his stuff, none of Paul's writings reference it. Although many of those may have been before the gospels still somewhere after no, no one seems to correct this or think this is a problem. No one seems to think it's a problem mm. who was around at the time. We literally don't even see anybody. When was Eusebius um, alive? You know, Bryn, Bryn, e- you know, E-U-S. Oh, yeah. She was homeschooled. She probably knows. Um, who, who was <laughs> Eusebius? Yeah, Eusebius, one of the church fathers. Okay, okay. so he died in 339 A.D. So he was literally the first of the early church fathers who started throwing out. Hey, I wonder why these lineages are different. Like no one was worried about it. He was it. the it first was, one. Wow. Yeah. He's like the first one who tried to come up with a solution for it. So and some, somewhere up until him, apparently everyone was really comfortable with this. Hmm. Like this is, this is just not a thing. It's not a problem. We don't have to worry about it. So it, it is a, it's an intriguing, so. This was a, the, the, his whole idea was this, the half brother Jacob married Heli's widow who gave birth to Joseph. Like he created a way that it worked, um, making Joseph the son of Heli legally and the son of Jacob, Jacob biologically. Thus, Matthew and Luke are both recording the same genealogy, Joseph, but Luke follows the legal lineage and Matthew follows the biological. So he had worked that out then. Most 
believe now, though, that Luke is recording Mary's genealogy. And that's why the Greek is a little bit different there, being clear. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating conversation. But there is a good answer. There, there, I mean, a very reasonable, very rational. Think of how important, by the way. So if you're going to teach like Luke just did, of the significance, he just spent two chapters explaining the significance. I mean, why did he put his genealogy first? Why put it here? Well, maybe because he's just made it very clear that Jesus is not the son of Joseph. Mm-hmm. He said it like four mm-hmm. times before this. He's made it very clear. So then how strange if he then lists a biological lineage to mm-hmm. Joseph. Why would that mm-hmm. make any sense no. at all? Mm-hmm. It makes much more sense that he would do one to Mary and then in it, he would probably make some note like, and people thought of, of Joseph as his father. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he did that. He actually did that yeah. exact thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he tracks it all the way to Adam to show that he was right. Like, yes, tracking all the way back to show like, okay, well his descendants, his mother came from a human. Right, right, right. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's, are we supposed to read that? Into sure. It? Like, he goes all the way back to God for it. That seems significant, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Like it seems important. And he does it in reverse order than how Hebrew lineages typically do. Mm-hmm. He starts with the son of the son of the son of. And then goes and, back. And then instead of the other way around. So I think that's significant. So here's, here's one of the things that I, I don't know how I want to mention this. And maybe I want to mention it Sunday all three times. But what is the, what is the non-believers take on this? How does the non-believer, if they have to wrestle with these, this, this conversation, how do they do that? They have to say, they have to go, they have to say, no, none of this happened. None of it. No shepherds, no angels, no Gabriel, no Zechariah, no Anna, no Simeon. None of this, no angel to Mary, none of that. None of it happened. It is raw fiction Hmm. that that almost everything that's described happens because you, you've got all kinds of supernatural stuff happening in the midst of this, right? That the true story at best may be that some guy knocked up his fiance and she had a baby and their explanation for it was all of this. But then they tell all of these stories. Who, who then tells all these stories? Who tells the Simeon story? Who comes up with the Simeon story and the Anna story and the, and the Zechariah story and the John the Baptist story and the, like who comes up with all of that part of it? Cause that's all fiction. If, if I'm taking that viewpoint and I'm supposed to believe that someone around AD 60, let's say now Bart Ehrman, who I think has gone off the deep end a little bit is now claiming he thinks the gospels were written in the second century, maybe even the second half of the second century. I don't see how that makes no sense, how that makes any yeah. sense at all. They should be Gnostic if that's when they were written, not yeah. what we have. He's claiming they're Gnostic Gospels, I guess, or that they were written at the same time as the Gnostic Gospels. But again, now you have, if they were written then, they're just raw fiction. So they decide to make up a story about a non-existent Mary, a non-existent Jesus, a non-existent Zechariah, Anna, Simeon, all those things, anchor them in time, like put them at a time when it's easily to show they didn't happen. It's much more plausible, apparently, to Ehrman and, and some others that somewhere between AD 60 or whatever, and by the way, no one, I've never heard anyone else but Ehrman make this argument that happened a lot later than that. An era with essentially no fiction. He's not known for fiction. The first century, second century, that's not what people wrote. 
This was a this was okay. a, a before people wrote much in the way of, of fiction at all. Not much, maybe a little bit. Somebody super creative and a brilliant brilliant fiction writer somehow created and collated an entire story. And and as I was writing it, I was like they they write a story about some short people who are destroying a ring in a volcano. No, no, wait, that's Lord, that's Lord of the Rings. No, no, they're going to do an orphan boy who turns out to be a wizard. Like that. No, wait, that's that's Harry Potter, or a race of drug addicts who ride giant sand worms. That's that's <laughs> Dune. No, a much more complicated story. With all of these details brilliantly held together, this person will be the, maybe the greatest fiction writer of all time and in an era when no one wrote fiction. There's no one to teach him fiction, no one to, to do this. Mm, but he comes up with this amazing fictional account. He anchors it in history in a time that can be evaluated. So uh, clearly he knew that everyone who read it would know it was fiction. I mean, everyone who read this would know this was fiction at the time. And yet he wrote it as raw fiction intentionally like that and made up all these incredible stories and attributed them to four different authors. Keep that in mind. Two of whom weren't eyewitnesses. That was brilliant to make two of his fictional authors, not eyewitnesses. That was, I mean, who would have thought of that? That's incredible. Did all this get, came up with this, all of these series of stories and put it together. That to me does not feel more plausible. And then got all those people to believe it. Right. Yeah. And, and within, and by the way, and and somehow retroactively had Romans persecuting these people, like before any of these gospels were written. So you had people being persecuted long before that. We have we have again the idea of a second century just makes no sense to me. We have fragments from John that are earlier than that. I don't right, I don't understand right. how Bart Ehrman's making that claim, but maybe he's saying the other three or something. Wow. I don't, I don't know. Again, either that or he's gone off the deep end. As, yeah. And I have a couple of people who I talk to who do think he has, which is sad. But um, the idea that somewhere around AD 60, which is much more plausible, that someone that someone fictionalized this whole thing. Wow. Um, is just it's not plausible. It's not believable. It's it is literally less believable than angels appearing to a field with shepherds like that is more plausible than I mean, maybe even less miraculous than someone mm-hmm. coming up with a brilliant fictional account, correlating it or collating it. And mm-hmm. here's here's what I love. He not only came up, whoever this person, he or she was, came up with a brilliant account in AD 60-ish of four different perspectives on the same thing, but they intentionally did not make them match perfectly. And they did something as brilliant as put in two different genealogies without making it absolutely clear. Wow. How's that for brilliant writing? That's amazing. I mean, no one does this. No one does this. No one intentionally writes in a controversy like this. So what I'm left with is this must be what happened. As uncomfortable and and sometimes as dirty and ugly as it can be and as difficult as it can be, I'm left with going, I I think this is probably what happened. Man. And we just don't fully understand how all the pieces work. Man. Anyway, goodness, there well, we go, guys. Lots thank you so about. much. A lot to talk about. Merry Christmas again. Yeah, if you are, <laughs> if you are listening and you have, oh, this sparked this thought of an apparent contradiction. Send us an email. Yes, we want to hear from you. Yes. Absolutely, we'd love and to. And 
And if you want another Christmas related one, we have done the Constructing Christmas, just like Christmas themes in the past that you can go listen to as well. Yes, we did. Very yeah. fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers. <laughs>